Hey everyone, Coach Investor back to another video for you today. So in today's video, we're not going to talk about the financial markets. No, we're going to talk about sports, sports cards, card collecting, investing in cards, and well, the whole world with regards to sports cards. I have the pleasure to have Jay from Mojo Sports here. You can follow him on YouTube and Instagram. Probably some of you are investing in collectibles. You know I love Funko Pops, I have Pokemon cards as well, I have some sports cards as well. It's, well, probably one of the best investments I ever made over the long term. So we're going to talk about all of that in this video. Obviously, do share your thoughts about these type of topics down in the comments below. I know it's completely different to what you are used to on this channel, but hey, I try to bring some interesting people here. So enjoy. I guess we'll we'll start right with the with the first question. What is Mojo Sports? And maybe introduce yourself a little bit as well. Yeah, so Mojo Sports uh, is a YouTube channel, um, and it's, it's the brand I started. Um, it's pretty much revolved around sports cards, trading cards, and collectibles. And uh, pretty much the last two years, I've been going to sports card shows to show how people are buying and selling and trading sports cards. And um, yeah, it's Mojo Sports on YouTube and Mojo Sports LLC on Instagram. Great. And you started this because you've been collecting for a while, I, w I assume. Um, how did that start? Like, how did card collecting start? Because I, I feel in the United States is something pretty popular. In Europe, maybe a bit less. Um, so yeah, maybe we'll go in even deeper after that. Yeah. So I mean, in the United States, everybody loves sports. Um, we have the form. I mean, we have like major sports. You know, basketball, NBA, NFL, MLB. And, uh, you know, it's big. And then, you know, I think what sports card collectibles does for uh, like when I was a kid, at least, and even now is it brought me closer to the game. Um, and I always liked that aspect. So, I mean, I started when I was like between 14 and 15 years old and, uh, you know, I was going to get autographs at games. And then, um, actually a guy who's in the world series, now, Bryce Harper, his cards were some of the most popular baseball cards in 2011. And, um, he was the card to chase, you know, and I opened those packs. They were these red 2011 Bowman packs. And I pulled one of his cards and someone's like, dude, that's worth like, you know, 30, 40 bucks. And I was like, what? And uh, it kind of just started the craze. And then, you know, one of my favorite players is DeMarcus Cousins. And I got to know him personally. And I just started buying his cards on eBay and putting them in a little box. And it kind of just started the whole thing. And I, and I knew I could buy his cards and then go see him play. Or I could buy LeBron cards and see him play. Um, and I thought that was cool. Yeah, I mean, I've been following you actually via via YouTube first, then Instagram on YouTube for the the road to the nationals was uh, and okay. then on the nationals as well every every day there. It's pretty it's pretty cool the way the community actually acts. I don't think I've seen something like this in in other in other communities. I think everybody's pretty pretty happy when you get a, an amazing card. Everybody's sharing cards there. I mean, you, you've been giving cards away a lot in, in your videos. So it's it's really specific to to the card collecting world. And I know it, it makes it special. I think sports in general is is, is special. Um besides investing sports, football, soccer, um is is my passion. Um I think that's pretty big now in the United States as well has been growing year over year. Um how do you how do you see the market right now actually for cards? Because I'm sure like with everything the last two years it went up super fast and then probably now we're well down 
very much. So how's the how's the sentiment in the card collecting world right now? Yeah, I mean, um, I've been going to shows for the last you know month here, and uh, you know I'm not gonna lie to you, um, you know foot traffic's down, and uh, you know we're in a recession right now, and what that means is you know people are very careful with their money, um, and something I've noticed you know is people are spending between one and one thousand dollars. Anything above a thousand dollars is all traded. You know, it's dealer to dealer, it's traded, you know, and um, do I think it's a bad thing? No, I think it's just a sign of a healthy market. I think a lot of people, you know, have cards, you know, they're super high into the Justin Herbert cards or they're super high into cards that, you know, maybe aren't retaining value right now. And, uh, you know, I just think the market's just correcting itself. And I I just think at the end of the day, like I say this all the time on the YouTube videos, you could be a flipper, investor, collector. And I'm all three, you know, I flip cards. I still flip cards. Um, I still, I'm trying to invest less in the cards. If I buy cards, it's got to be like vintage or like the goats. Um, and then in terms of collecting, like at the end of the day, man, I go home and I've got these five row boxes lined up in my house and it's Aaron Rodgers, Sacramento Kings and, uh, you know, my other PCs. And I'm okay with like, I don't, I couldn't care less. I would never sell any of those cards. Um, and that kind of keeps me grounded, but I just think we're in a market correction right now and you just have to be really careful with what you buy. If someone's just entering this hobby, I would just be an observer for a little bit until you start buying because, you know, you start spending a bunch of money, you you can get burned, you know, so you just have to be really careful. Yeah, I think it it resembles, I mean, the, the stock market and any other market out there. Um, when things are doing fine, everything goes up. And suddenly everybody thinks, well, my card must be worth a lot. Let me put that on eBay, maybe get sold. If it does, you see that price go up. You're like, hmm, that card goes $400. Maybe my card is 150 Then it goes up, up, and up. And then obviously those that just enter the market see those prices and like, hmm, interesting, let me buy. And then everything goes down, et cetera, et cetera. But obviously my channel is not that much sports cards, more investing, but there are some resemblance there. So how how would you start, let's say, if we're starting from scratch, how would you start collecting cards? The obvious first step would be liking a sport, I would guess. But after that, like, how would you, how would you make your way to a, I wouldn't say mental card, because obviously that's a pretty expensive one, but I know, a, I would say Kobe Bryant, because that's my favorite card, but let's, let's reach the Kobe Bryant levels. Yeah, I mean, I first off, I would just say, you know, find a player or a team that you like that if they're if they stop playing the game, you'd be okay with owning their cards. Like, I, I just think you have to have this. If you're a collector, you have to have like a backfall. Like, you have to have like a Erling Holland or a Ronaldo or like a Messi that, or like, I don't know, like a Sergio Aguero. Like, I'm picking out random soccer players for you, mm -hmm. but like. <laughs> Just because I know you're European, um, like a lot of soccer. I, I got fans, a John so... Morant card actually. A oh, mosaic, you got a John Morant. Yeah, mosaic pink, uh, coma or something like that. Okay. Yeah. There you go. My only yeah, NBA so... card, and he's been yeah, pretty see, good this season. He's so good, bro. John Morant's legit. Um, so like I don't know. You have to pick one player that you'd be okay with, like no matter what. Like you don't care if you lose money, which is just it's just great. It's just great because then when you go to shows. And this is kind of my feeling when I go to shows. You go to shows, you could pick up cards of that player and you're like having a good time, having a good time. And like, if you don't find a, you're not forced to spend excess money on something or force a deal. 
Um, but like I would start there and then I always tell people start in like the under a hundred dollar range, like find card, like I find cards that, you know, you could pay, you know, 60 bucks for, and you could sell for like 90, you know, find the margins on eBay and like, you know, watch the players, watch the sports. But I mean, some of the, some of the rare sets, you know, you might find like a pop one. Um, I remember I bought this, um, it's a quarterback, uh, Bryce Young, you know, in college. Mm -hmm. And I bought this card. I just saw it on eBay. It was like 80 bucks and I flipped it for like 175. And it was just such a, it was nobody had graded the card. And I just, I was like, well, this card hasn't really sold. I was like, if I buy it, I can price it at whatever I want. So you kind of have to look into that, you know, and don't go into the whole, you know, I don't know. I'm not an expert, to be honest with you. I, I couldn't tell you exactly the blueprint of how to do it. Like I've learned more through my mistakes than I have my my wins. And that's kind of what you have to do. But I mean, I don't really have like a cookie cutter way to do it, but I would just say start with a start with like a a player or a team where you just you you you're okay with it. Like, yeah, no, you, you don't sense. have to worry about money. Yeah, no, it may it makes sense. Now I want to ask about about the shows. Because obviously there are different types of shows, small ones, big ones. Um, what makes what makes them special, and what are the things that you would like to see improve? Because I I know you had some comments about the latest about the latest uh, national one. You you didn't really like Atlantic City. Um, yeah. Next year I really want to come because I don't know it's it, the way I see it is like it's so much fun. It's the hobby plus everybody's there, so it feels like a family in in a sense. Um, like I collect well, obviously mostly soccer cars. I've got some F1 cars as well. A um, couple of signed Max Verstappen ones. Um, but yeah, how the shows, small one, big ones, what are the pros? What are the, the cons? Yeah, I mean, man, I've been a big advocator in like going to shows because for me, going to shows was it was making connections, um, you know, making connections and building relationships with people and learning how to do deals. Like most people that I was dealing with were in college or they were mm -hmm. like in their twenties, like I am. And, uh, it was just like, it was cool, man. You're, you were amongst the community that like everybody wants to win. You know, there wasn't like, unless, you know, there wasn't really any like, you know, negatives to going to shows. I mean, obviously like spending money on flights and hotels, if it didn't make sense, but man, like, I, I've always set up at shows to be a buyer, you know, behind the table because everyone brings you cards. And, um, you know, if you're on the other side of the table, you're, you're paying pretty fair prices and you're getting stuff that, you know, you could grade or you could sell. So, I mean, the pros of the shows is, you know, the building of relationships, the networking. Um, and then I'd like, I don't know, the cons are like, you know, shows just like, there's just hasn't been that much foot traffic, you know? And like, for me, like I was going to shows at like peak times where like, you know, even I was like spending, you know, 20 or $30,000 mm -hmm. a show. And like, now that's going down. Like I spent like to put my numbers out there. I only spent like $4,900 in Del Mar, which is like actually kind of low for me. Usually I'll spend, you know, I try to spend, you know, 10 or 20 grand on cards. Um, but, you know, I think that's just an indicator of, you know, what's going on in the the market and the economy. But I think shows are a great way to make connections. And at the end of the day, man, like this hobby is full of such like, man, there's so many like bright minded people in the hobby that you can connect with that, man, you don't know what, like, 
most people's job is not full-time cards. Like a lot of them come from real estate. A lot of them come from, they're like, you'll find somebody that's part of a marketing team of like a huge fortune 500 company. You'll be like, well, I never knew. And then you'll be at dinner and you'll learn more about them. So um, I can tell you that if you make connections in the card community, it could lead to bigger and better things. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, even, even if you don't spend that much, I've seen, like I've seen the, the latest videos, you did pick up some nice cards that I think in the future might be worth more when the market returns to, let's say, normal state. Doesn't have to go peak pandemic levels, but normal state, I think some of these cars are, are going to be pretty valuable. But you, you touched on something I want to I wanna talk about more is the, what did the card collecting hobby do for you personally? I mean, you said you're, you're meeting people that you wouldn't have met before, probably opened a lot of doors. I mean, I've seen the, the Derek Jeter uh, interview. So yeah, how how's the, How's the hobby actually helped everything? Yeah, man. I mean, I've always been an advocate bigger than cards, and I'm trying to find out what that means still. Um, but to me, I think the connections, the friendships are great. But I think I've like, you know, the Jeter opportunity. I filmed with the New York Mets. Um, I built a brand, you know, that like I I built this in an office that I was paying $440 a month for. And I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Like I I remember drawing this logo up like 50 times and throwing it into a dumpster, like a little paper basket. And I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. It's the pandemic. I'm in a breakup now. Um, you know, I don't know what my life's gonna be. And uh I just, I made this brand and I, and if you would have told me, man, you're going to make this brand and like, you're going to meet all these cool people and you're going to go travel across the world, like, and you're not near the world, the United States, like I would have been like, no way. So I think like the connections are great. Um, what else? I mean, long-term my, okay, here's a big one. You know, you, the goal is to build long-term relationships early. So what does that look like? Like you, I value the relationships more than I do the deals. I don't really care about transactions at these shows. Like, yeah, is it cool if I make the deal and I make a bunch of money? Like nobody, like nobody actually really cares about that. You know, to be honest, like, yeah, there's like a return on investment, but I think more for me, more the relationships I built have more value. I've built some solidified relationships with people and these companies in the industry that, um, you know, I can help them and they can help me in many different ways. So I would just say like the networking aspect from shows and, um, like as a man, I mean, the shows have taught me a lot. I've learned how to be open-minded. I've learned a lot about, you know, you know, humility and being humble. Um, and I I've learned how to do business. You know, I didn't, I, I, I went to college, got a marketing degree, you know, and I just, I, in my mind, I was just like always under the impression, like I didn't want to work for anybody. And, uh, I don't know. I still feel that way, but that's kind of changing, but I don't know. I just, it's just taught me a lot, man. I think I learned more at the, I learned more in the card shows than I did at school in terms of <laughs> things that I can actually use. And that's pretty crazy. Yeah, when you think of it, it's pretty crazy. You pay for school and then you go to card shows where you can actually make money and get more more information, more knowledge. That's pretty, pretty nuts. Um, I mean, one thing I'll add too is like Mark Cuban, Michael Rubin from Fanatics. Uh, who else? I mean, there's many others. If you ask them what they did, they were hustling sports cards. Then you have they Gary V. hustle sports cards. <laughs> Gary V, they hustled sports cards. So it's like, it's part of the, it's part of the hustle. Yeah, for sure. What's, 
what's the biggest thing you've done in in well in the hobby biggest thing maybe biggest personality that you've met probably the Marcus cousins I would guess um I mean I've known DeMarcus since he was a rookie so he's like a homie um so I would say the biggest was probably Derek Jeter but I mean if you take the celebrities out of it you know one thing I'll tell you is like these kids right I like to get back to the kids mm -hmm. to me meeting them is like one of the biggest things I get to do um and people always ask me why do you give out this free stuff like what the heck's going on and I'm just like listen I was 15 I remember being that kid you know I look for these kids that I remember being there when I was 14 or 15 and I remember luckily for them collecting is cool. But when I was 14 or 15, collecting wasn't cool. You know, I was made fun of for collecting cards. I, I was buying LeBron James autographs and my friends were telling me, you know, this is stupid. This is geeky. And they would make fun of my YouTube videos. And um, it hurt. It it hurt me, man. I, I, I really just like, I was, I was bullied essentially. And I, I didn't like it, man. I, and I still reflect back and it still hurts for me um, because I always loved sports cards and autographs, man. It was something that like, it always felt safe for me, man. And like, I don't know, it's getting me right now, but it's like, I don't know. I see these kids, you know, and I can give them an experience that could bring them into the hobby and keep them here. And like, if I do nothing else right, if I don't become the best sports card investor, if I never open a card shop, if I never build this brand and, you know, do whatever the heck I want to do or never able to, you know, travel to another show, at least I was able to leave a lasting impact on like, you know, a kid's life that I could see a part of me into. And I can like, it's just, it's, it's pure joy for me. 100% agree. I mean, I'm 28 and I still love opening up packs whatever it's Pokemon or whatever. Actually, when I bought some Pokemon cards not a couple of years ago, first edition Pokemon cards, graded ones, everybody was like, why are you, why are you buying? Why are you buying this? Who's who's playing? And then, yeah, obviously it's worth a lot a lot more um, today. But yeah, the, the feeling you get from cracking those packs open and like, hmm, what am I getting today? I'm like, there's no, there's no, I wouldn't say there's no other feeling, but there are a few, few occasions when you get this, I don't know, happiness let's say so it's i think it's great great things that you that you're doing at the shows giving away cards to kids i mean the smile they, they have most of them are still a bit like i would say yeah, maybe timid like oh i've got some cards now i'm like hmm. but i think deep down they're really appreciative of of what you're doing um yeah but i want to, I want to touch on the brand mojo sports what's what's the end goal i mean where are you going from today and then fast forward i don't know how many years yeah it's a great question <laughs> i've been thinking about it while i've been up here um you know i my dream has always been to open a card shop man and um i don't know i want to open one but i'm not ready you know i know i know that i can still do there if i opened a card shop i wouldn't be able to do what i do I know it. There's just no way. I'd have to be at that shop. I'd have to manage things. I'm I'm not ready to give it up. I feel like there's still another Mets opportunity. There's still another Derek Jeter down the road. And if I open a card shop and I have to sit there, like I've been back and forth, man. Like I was talking to my good friend Jimmy from the Kentucky Road Show. He's a really good friend of mine. And I was thinking about and we were he and I like to, you know, spit back inspiration from each other. And like I just like 
I feel like at some point I want to open a card shop. And then the other point, it's like, I don't want to give up what I'm doing. And it's like so hard for me. And this is the first time I've ever opened up about this. Um, but it's something I've been reflecting on this last week um, because it happened like a week ago. There's some videos coming out. Um, so like end goal would be, it'd be cool to open a card shop, but, and I say this in like the most humble way. Like I know I could open a card shop. Like I could easily open a card shop. Like it's like, it's to me, it's like low hanging fruit for me to just open a card mm -hmm. shop. Like I know I can do it. Why would I do it now? It's just like when I can keep building this brand. So in the, in the end game for the brand is like, I just want to keep building the following. I want to make connections. I want to get involved in professional sports. I want this brand to be everywhere. I want people to know that Mojo Sports is everywhere. Like I want the world to know. And we're not there yet because we haven't been international. That's another thing. Like I haven't been international yet and I haven't done it. There's a handful of things that I feel like I haven't done yet. Um, and I'm just trying to get organized right now. I'm not as organized as I'd like to be. Ask me how many employees I have. There's two. One helps with the whatnot sales and then Shane mm -hmm. edits my videos. That's it. Like we don't have a full team. We don't have a full salary budget to give out. Like it's just, that's what it is, you know? So, um, you know, hopefully I can form a team one day. You know, if I could, if, if I could, I'd love to hire people to help. But, uh, you know, right now I'm just, I'm in, uh, I'm in, I'm in like, uh, what is it called? Project kind of work mode, you know, like okay. I have my whiteboard here. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm planning the next six months out right now. So we'll see. So right now it's more content creation and traveling to shows, buying cards. Yeah. Even that, like if I'm being transparent with you, like, do I think shows are going to like be booming? Like a part of my heart tells me that shows are like, Either they need to make less shows, mm -hmm. like they need to dumb these shows down and maybe make like one or two good shows a month um, or like something's got to change, you know, but um, like I would still go to shows like because to me going to shows is where I can meet people and I could create content and yeah. buy sports cards. But I'm just curious, like how the show promoters are going to handle it, because like they got to make money. They got to do logistics. Mm -hmm. Like I'm curious and I'm going to start talking to the promoters because I'm curious how they're doing. Um, If they're going to have dealers set up, like how is it like next Dallas? Dallas is next weekend. Honestly, that's that's going to be an interesting show because the last Dallas I went to wasn't very good. So Dallas is next weekend. So that'll be a cool indicator of like kind of where we're at. OK, makes sense. Um, but so let's say if we remove shows, what's what's the go-to plan right now for for you for Mojo Sports besides creating content more more things like the Mets, let's say journey, or is there something else? Yeah, so for me it would be how do I get out how how would I get outside of sports cards? And that would revolve around contact like talking to professional teams working with other brands outside, um, getting brand deals done, you know, focus on marketing. So that's what I would do, um, which is a really great idea. Yeah, for sure. I did have one question from another uh, big collector. Um, he did have a question with regards to quality control. I think it's, it's probably an issue right now everywhere. 
Um, so many people getting cards with wrong autographs, upside down autographs, cards are cut badly, etc. So what are your thoughts on the quality control now around around sports cards? Maybe around cards in general, actually. Yeah, I mean, I've been hearing about that too. I mean, like, man, Prism and Optic was showing up off-center. Their Mosaic, Mosaic Football 2020, when it first came out, there were scratches all over. I mean, I was... I was like, my brand wasn't even built yet. And I was opening Mosaic football and I saw scratches on the stuff. Um, I'm not sure like how that, like, if you're going to give a product to somebody, like, I feel like you want if the people, like, don't get me wrong, bro. There's probably going to be a couple errors here and there, but I've noticed yeah. that there's a lot more errors than usual. So I think it's, it's a result of being lazy from the companies. Um, so they, I don't know, like they need to do a better job of that. But I think the feedback from, the consumers should help them. Like if I'm a company and I notice that that's going on, I sit my whole, I sit everybody down in one room and I get a big whiteboard and I say, we've had these complaints, five of these complaints, majority quality control, redemption issues. Um, what's it called? Overproduction or like, um, you know, not saying what's really going on in the products, whatever the issues are. And I sit them down. I sit the entire team down, the marketing team in one corner. Like, I don't know who runs a lot of the companies, but like I, I have this like mentality where it's like, if we have an issue, we got to fix it. Because like, even when I have issues with shipping, if I have a shipping issue, if somebody didn't get their cards, I always give the buyer the benefit of the doubt. My reputation is not worth sacrificing over 80 mm -hmm. bucks. I would rather just, yeah, you know what? I get it. Did we mess up? That's totally fine. We'll make it right to you. Keep the cards. We'll refund you. I did that. I did that uh, two weeks ago. I, we messed up an order. Guy ordered eighty dollars worth of stuff, and I he only got three, he missed three of the cards, which valued out to like thirty bucks. And I was like, keep the cards. We'll refund you eighty bucks. Like to me, that eighty bucks is not worth my reputation going down the toilet. Yeah, I so think greed. It's... You have to watch out for greed. For sure. And I think these big companies right now, since they probably noticed that everybody's buying these packs, these boxes, regardless, because probably, I don't know, the hype was so, so big that nobody really cares. They were like, okay, nobody really cares. Everything's sold out. Let's make some more. Uh, once they probably notice that, well, people are not buying the cards anymore, that's probably when, well, the big guy comes in and is like, why are the numbers down? And then they start looking at, oh, we got some complaints about this. We got some complaints about that. And then, well, the snowball goes round and round, um, which is unfortunate because we, the consumer, well, we want to buy cards. They don't really care about the quality. So we have to wait until their wallets get hurt. And then maybe something will change. Yeah. Um, he had a second question, which is a pretty interesting one. Do you think fanatics should acquire Panini? um they will acquire panini they will and um i think they'll do a great job i i believe in the c i believe in michael rubin um i believe in what fanatics has been doing you know i was in the memorabilia industry and fanatics was doing a, a pretty good takeover of that um i think fanatics has a good direction of what they want to do i mean fanatics did a great job with uh you know, getting the baseball license and getting, you know, all their, their ducks in a row. Like they're, they don't mess around, man. Like they go in, they, they talk and they get like the MLBPA. They got them. They get all these people. Like they, they know how to, they have like a great acquisition, like status. Like they mm -hmm. can grab what they want and they get it. Um, 
And I, I like Ruben a lot. I think he's, uh, he's a great, uh, you know, leader for the brand and he's a good spokesperson and he's a, he's a fan. And that to me is, is a great indicator of, you know, fanatics would come in with a lot of changes. I think they're, they're big into the game more and stuff. So you'll see a lot of game more and you'll see a lot of cool products. What I think fanatics will do, and I'm assuming this is what's going to happen or if it hasn't happened already and we just don't know about it is like, I feel like fanatics acquires Panini, but then they just merge together. Like Panini is still the brand. Panini still can like handle like, you know, what they were good at and fanatics helps them kind of facilitate what's really happening because Panini could use fanatics, you know, I don't know, like they need, they're going to work together. It's, I think that's going to be good. Yeah. I I mean, know where it is but probably somewhere in the room i've got the panini the the sticker album i think i've been doing this for for so long for the for the world cup um but i think it's the their last one because i think the next one will be tops in 2024 um but yeah should be should be interesting Uh, besides besides cards stickers maybe you collect something else or invest in something else um i mean i love i mean i love autograph memorabilia man i mean i was getting autographs personally so that's always cool um but outside the sports card world like not really man i just i play video games i'm a big video game guy i actually tried what? gaming videos a long time ago but nobody knows about this what games? <laughs> I used to commentate uh call of duty i mean before now i just play like sports games or like um Madden, I'm just sport. I would say I love Madden. I love FIFA, NBA 2K. Like that's my favorite thing to do when I come home from a show. I come home from a show. I unpack. I leave all the cards on the pool table and I sit and just play PS5 like for like four hours. And it just like, and then I go to bed. It's like video games for me are, I've always been a constant. Yeah. Same here. I, I love video games. I didn't still know PS5 here in Belgium yet. Two years what? ago it was. The- Two years ago, it was in my cart. I was checking out, clicked buy, sold out. Since then, haven't wow. seen one yet. They don't have them in Belgium. And if they have, it's it's like twice the price because somebody picked some up and then wants to make some money on that. But other than that, in the the big big stores, I'm yet I'm yet to find one. So right now, I'm just gaming on 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 the PC and just playing wow. on the PS4 if I have to. Um, but yeah, I I've been playing FIFA like for. That. Yeah, it's crazy. It's great. It's 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 actually nuts that this console came out literally two years ago and still yeah. unfindable. Usually, after a year and a half, the console gets in circulation. That's the normal product life yeah. cycle. So that's it's wild. Yeah, I I mean, it has prevented me from buying FIFA again because I don't know. I've been playing FIFA since two thousand and five, and the last two years, I don't know, the gameplay is just not not that great that I'm willing to buy on the release day. But uh, yeah, other than that, oh, I've been playing yeah. some other games, FIFA, uh, no, not FIFA, Call of Duty, Fortnite. Um, but yeah, do you have any, I'll, I'll maybe try and end with with this uh, NFT thing. Do you think NFTs will be great, good or great for sports cards in the future? Nah, man. The sports card community is not in the NFTs, man. Like the sports card NFT aspect, like that's that's done and said. Like most of my friends, majority, like 
I don't know, people, the, the funny thing is like you, people think it'll work, but then ask the actual people in the firing lines, go up to the people. They're not, they're not receptive to it. Because you it's want not, it in your hand. Yeah, we want, we want it in our hand. Like we want to see the card. We want to appreciate the value and like the fact that it was from 1952 or it was from, you know, my grandpa gave it to me and I want to hold it and I want to keep it in our house, you know? So I think... I don't know. I don't know enough about NFTs personally, but I know that an NFT sports card thing, um, and you know, it's just not going to work. I know how these the, most of uh, you know wealthy collectors that I know that have you know museums or card collections would rather just buy a fifty-two mantle. Yeah, they don't want to buy an NFT. They don't want to buy it. Like, and then the 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 thing is on the back end is like sports card people are we're like sharks. You know, we we. We got to know about what it's sold for, how it's working, you know, what variations there are, how many people are buying into it. And with NFTs, it's just un uncharted territory. So it's not worth the risk for a lot of us. I mean, for, for authenticity, it could make sense. I mean, you could cop make a digital copy of a real card and authenticate that. But then again, PSA could easily do that or BGS could easily do that with a with their own QR code. Um, but yeah, makes sense. I mean... Gary V was pretty big on on NFTs. Uh, he's I don't know, he has two collections now or something like that. But then again, I don't know. It's built on hype and stuff like that. But I do understand the aspect of wanting to feel what you own. I mean, I rather have I have here a Eden Hazard shirt on my wall. I have rather have it on on my wall signed and not on my PC screen. Um, but, uh, it's, it's a big aspect around the whole NFT theory because yes, the idea is nice, but do you do we really want it? That's probably a no for for the majority of people, but might change in the future. Uh, who knows? Um, so I want to say first of all, thank you for taking the time to do this. Thank you for all the content that you create, for all the value that you add to the to the hobby, to the community in each and every show. Hopefully, I'll see you next year in one of the shows. I plan on traveling to the US uh, next year, maybe to the national if I get a way to get there, but. Uh, yeah, really hope to to catch up maybe in person. And one last thing, should not reveal the whole thing, but how big is your collection? Damn, bro. It's, uh, I don't even have a number, man. I, I know that like a lot of my memorabilia, which a lot of people haven't seen, is pretty insane. Like uh, I met Drake, I met, uh, you know, a lot of crazy people. I met Clint Eastwood. So like that stuff, mm. when you factor all that in with the cards, it's pretty crazy. One day I'll show it all. Yeah. In a secure, in a secure space. <laughs> yeah, of course. All right, man. I mean, it's been, it's been a pleasure. If you have, if you want to say something else, everybody can follow you on YouTube, Mojo Sports, Instagram, Mojo Sports LLC, I believe. On Instagram. Yeah. And on whatnot. Uh, if you're in the yeah, US, whatnot. you can always find good deals there. Yeah, so subscribe to the YouTube Mojo Sports. We're almost to thirty thousand. Uh, you know, follow us on Instagram and Twitter and and uh, TikTok. It's Mojo Sports LLC. And uh, you know, uh, if you're ever at a card show or sports card show, um, come say what's up. You know, it's always a good time. Be on the vlog. Have a good time. Um, and uh, thanks for having me. For sure, man. Happy, happy to have you here. Maybe we'll catch up in person pretty soon. Yeah, we'll stay All in right. touch. Will do. All right, man. Have a have a good day because it's pretty hey. early there. Yeah, I know, man. I'm gonna get some work done. <laughs>
It's 1136. Not too bad. Yeah. Hey man. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. I like your questions a lot. My pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah. We'll talk soon. I followed you on Instagram. So stay in touch if you have any questions or you want to talk about soccer. That'd be sick. Yeah. Yeah. I'll actually ask you right right now. Who's well, besides the United States, because well, this is the obvious the obvious answer, but do you do you follow soccer? Like do you have a let's say favorite soccer team? Yeah, man. I love the World Cup, man. Um, my family goes crazy. I'm half Persian, so mm-hmm. Iran so and Iran. America are in the same uh yeah. group. So my family's gonna go crazy. Um, you know, there's a lot going on in Iran right now, but uh, I think soccer could really help liberate things mm-hmm. and bring, you know, awareness. Sure. But um I'm going to be watching Iran, America. I'm going to watch Brazil. Yeah. I got a Na- I got Neymar's 2014 Prism Auto, so I uh I've got the is... the 2014 but no auto. <laughs> oh dang, yeah. I have the auto, so I'm really just like and it's on sticker, it's perfectly on sticker, which nobody really says on sticker, but like usually his autograph falls off. So yeah. I'm really banking on Brazil, man. I need them to do well. Yeah, it's it's my pick as well. I think Brazil will win it. Um I think it's I their so, year cuz I don't know. It they have the team, they have the player, and probably I don't know. Other teams aren't that informed and have lots of injuries, but will be interesting because a winter World Cup in Qatar, weird conditions probably. Um, but yeah, will be interesting. And then the next World Cup is in the United States, so that will be extremely, extremely interesting. Better see you there. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully sooner, but yeah, <laughs> you'll you'll definitely yeah. see me there. All right, man. Uh, yeah, we'll, let's keep in touch on. Uh, on Instagram and uh, have a have a good one. Amen, thank you.